Blackhawk fans, hope you're all doing well. Uh, welcome to the Blackhawks Ringcast, Season 7, Episode 4. My name is Andy Campbell, and we're here to talk about the Blackhawks, who are four games into their young season. We are now on October 18th, and they are 2-2. Two and two. And I am here with Eric Andrews, the Bard, and Sean Fitzgerald. Sean, how are you, and will you please show off your t-shirt to the I whole will. crowd, which is awesome. My t-shirt is... is- we have Connor Bernard and you don't, and it is for it was a limited run, obvious shirt. So I jumped on the bandwagon early. I am doing well, doing well, doing and really well. baseballism oh, hat. You got a baseballism hat, good stuff. Yeah. And Eric Andrews, who just reported that Connor Bernard's first hockey card was released today. Eric, how are you? And tell us a little about this overpriced gem that you're you're hearing about here. Yeah, doing well. Um, first Blackhawks card, to clarify. He has a lot of CHL cards and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's massively overpriced at the moment. But even just throughout the course of the day, it's dropped a lot as people have realized that it's not quite as rare as they originally thought. But still really cool to see nonetheless. Awesome. And the Bardo, your Taylor Swift cheaps keep winning. Uh, much to your uh, your happiness, sort of. But I called him Taylor Swift Chiefs, and I'm sorry about that because that makes you sad. But how are you, my friend? <laughs> it's all good. Just keep racking up the Ws. There you go. There you go. So the Hawks, folks, two and two. Um, I don't know if we saw this coming. Uh, but, again, remember last year? Didn't they start like four and two last year or something? And everyone was going, what are you doing? Um, now, we're not in a tankathon. You know, that was last year. We also still want to kind of get in the lottery because this team obviously has ways to go. But. Are you all surprised by how competitive they've been? I mean, at Toronto, they 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 won that game. I mean, I don't think obviously Toronto had a couple late pushes, but the Hawks were good. Uh, they played well. Shawnee, what say you? Yeah, I'm I'm two very impressed. Start. I'm yeah. very impressed with the two and two start. Um, what has impressed me the most is just like Thursday they had a or against Montreal they kind of put up a clunker. They were tired, and Luke Richardson. I think he he impresses me um, as a He's coach. Awesome. Just I'm, just yeah. give a gave him the guy. If you didn't want a morning skate, didn't practice, let's just get refreshed for Toronto. And they came out and they played well. So yeah, I, I'm really impressed. I mean, we knew they were going to play hard, but they're like they're playing well. So I'm enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, Bardo, are you feeling the same way? Have you been enjoying this? I mean, every every game's been a hockey game. I mean, it's yeah. been a good game. Yeah. I mean, look, last year, as bad as it was, you knew that you were going to get 100% effort every year. This year, you know, it's 100% effort, plus they have actual talent. So, I mean, they're not the most talented team in the world, but they're certainly um, more talented than what they were. Um, Richardson's a year, has a year under his belt um, as a head coach. So certainly from an X's and O's standpoint, he's got to be getting better. Um, you know, there's a lot of glaring weaknesses on this team, like the power play. There's some strengths, the penalty kill. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm very pleased with the, with the start. So I can't complain, especially when you're starting hundred percent on the road. Yeah, that's right. That's also another good point, you know, that they, yeah, everything's been a road game. I mean, Eric, I, you know, it, it, it seemed like, you know, they, they kind of had that unbelievable third period in Pittsburgh and then Boston as the game went along. It's like, how are they still in this? I think I got a text from you being like, how are they still in this game? And then Montreal, they didn't really show up until the third. But, I mean, if you talk to me about the Toronto game or any of the games if you want to, but, you know, are you surprised at this hot start? I mean, as Bardo said, you knew they were going to compete, but there's definitely some good stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, I think – I think it's encouraging, you know, um, they're finding ways to, to stay in games. And, you know, like some of you guys were saying, the compete level is, is very apparent. You know, they're putting together 60 minutes for the most part, maybe outside of the Montreal game, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, to me, what, what kind of stands out um, just in my watching the games is, like, I look forward to watching them play. And, I mean, yeah. how long has it been since we could say that? A long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's been a long time. I think 
I think it was probably, I mean, we, I remember we were talking last year, as soon as we hit November, we're going to be like, guys, I don't, with our podcast and with everything, we're just going to be struggling for any signs of hope or anything really to talk about. Um, we can start talking about Connor Bedard. I mean, that's, that's the hottest name in town right now. So why don't we do it? Uh, he's been great. He's been great. You know, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, hey, he didn't get on the score sheet. You know, a lot of haters out there, but, you know, he's leading the league in, in shot attempts, I believe, right now. Um, but I think, you know, and we're going to, we are going to write an analysis piece on this. I think what I've been most impressed with Bedard is his work off the puck, number one. And number two, like he, he's going out there against every single top line, every game. He's playing and everyone's talking about the face face off percentage and and how low that is when he's out there. But the other part about it is the puck possession and the other team's top lines, their top players aren't doing a whole lot when they're playing when they're out there playing against him. I mean, Austin Matthews did not have a good night the other night after potting six goals in his first two games. And then Bedard's line, I thought was the best line of the game. Bardo, where are you at with that? I mean, is there are there any other elements of his play? Obviously, offensively, he's great. And, you know, we're all looking forward to eventually he'll start. Some of those wrist shots will start going. Yeah. I mean, look, if you go strength on strength, I mean, you think about it. I mean, if they're controlling the possession, then what you're doing is you're wearing down the other team's top line and they're not getting chances to score. So it's that simple. Um, I think, you know, I've been impressed, obviously, not only what he's done on the ice, but, you know, Well, let's call it off the ice, but also, you know, outside of games, the fact that he just is a hockey nut, a rink rat, if you will, um, that he just literally just doesn't want to leave the ice and is always striving to be better. He's never satisfied. He's just he just keeps going and it's contagious. And And the players. I mean, look at what happened today when they couldn't even get all these kids off the ice, <laughs> or else they were going to miss the yeah. team bus. Um, to, yeah, I mean, it's just you know they gravitate towards that. I mean, yeah. that's that's leadership. So I mean, and this kid's only eighteen. I mean, we saw leadership on Jonathan Taves when he was you know nineteen, twenty. I mean, he right. was a little bit more mature. I mean, this kid's eighteen; he's still a baby but right. um yeah no I've, I've been extremely impressed with him and, and those shots are going to fall because you know he's going he's going to learn the league you know he's still learning and figuring things out as he goes along you could see the the ridiculous talent there um right. without question so yeah it, it's just a matter of time yeah i mean a point per game player yeah until the fourth game which is fine i'm sure he'll have a couple yeah. two point nights and this is also a kid that hasn't played at home yet <laughs> right Hasn't had any home cooking yet. I mean, he's yeah. been on the road and getting his first test of bopping around. I mean, they're they're in Denver now. I mean, yeah. they're across the country. Um, and and but the, one more thing, also the faceoff yeah. piece. The faceoff piece. I mean, I'm not worried about it yet because if I recall, Sidney Crosby was a terrible um, player in the dot. So, and now I think he's probably around fifty some odd percent. So yeah. that's going to come as his body fills out. He gets stronger. Right. So, and he learns you know, all the nuances and the tricks and all that other stuff. So it's just not something that really they need to worry about right now. Yeah. I mean, folks don't worry about it, but also don't think that face-offs are not important either. (laughs) There's also that, there's that, uh, you know, kind of that coup of uh, analysts a couple of years ago. They're like, here's why face-offs are not important in the game. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just dumb. Um, That is, uh, here's the deal. When you can give your team the puck and the other team cannot have the puck, that's a good thing. It's actually that simple. Sean, thoughts on Bedard? Anything that stood out or anything with where you're like, holy smokes, this kid's really good or concerned? Yeah. No, no concerns uh, as of right now. Um, I know uh, before we jumped on here, I saw a tweet from the play-by-play guy of the Hawks, Chris Busters. Uh, there's an interview out there uh, with some NHL analysts and Nick Felino just talking about like Bedard's shot angles and how close he's got his hands to his body yeah. and just how he can snap off the wrister from all those different angles and stuff like that. I was super impressed um, with his uh, wrist shot on the power play. I think it was Andy, you and I were talking about it. The yeah, when he hit the post. Actually, yeah. yeah, that was – Let it fly. Was, yeah. yeah, that was a, a really impressive shot. Yeah. Another thing that I kind of – I read before um, we jumped on here, Alex Vlasic had an interview in The Athletic, and he uh-huh. was just talking about how, like, 
the energy in the room is different this year just because like last year he was kind of intimidated Kane and Taves were there and they're like Hall of Fame players now he said like there's guys like his own age uh younger guys that he can kind of gravitate to and relate to and kind of talk with and I think Bedard and other like Korchinski and Kaiser and Vlasic all those guys bring in that energy with them yeah and it's cool that Bedard's kind of the the centerpiece of it all but they all gravitate to each other which right. I think is something that's really cool and ties yeah. back into them just wanting to be on the ice. So I thought yeah, that was really a, impressive. Yeah. That's a good take. Really good take. Yeah. Um, Eric, I, there's one thing that you and I were corresponding about a little bit back and forth. And that was uh, Connor Bedard when he forechecks, particularly through the neutral zone, he takes terrific angles and he uses his stick and puts it in a really good position to cut off passing lanes. He's picked off a couple passes but it's it's not that easy to move the puck through the through the neutral ice when he's out there. You mentioned you noticed that too, and so what about that? And what about some other things on Bedard that you've noticed that maybe viewers are not paying attention to that they should be? Yeah, I mean, I think you know that point right there talks to a couple of different things that are really important. I mean, one obviously the hockey sense. Um, you know, it, it's very apparent when you see his hockey smarts in action and being able to read plays and understand where he needs to position himself. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely encouraging, but you know, one thing that we were touching on a little bit earlier too, that kind of coincides with that is that he does care about the defensive side of the game. It's not just purely about offense, 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 and scoring goals and setting up plays all the time. Um, you know, we've seen, he's an extremely competitive guy and uh, you know, he wants to be, the best at everything he does. And that includes the defensive side of the game. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's been really encouraging Um, as far as the offensive side of the game. I mean, I won't regurgitate a lot of what you guys said, but you know, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot over these last few nights is looking at how many, not only just shots, but shot attempts he's had and how many of those have been like legitimately high danger types of chances and then looking at in comparison or in contrast what his shooting percentage is right now. Right. So if he if he keeps having all of these high danger chances, which based on what we've seen so far, there's no reason to think that that will not continue. Um, you know, he's not going to be a five percent shooter, no. especially Connor Bedard. I mean, most NHL players are not five percent shooters, but he certainly is not. So you know, yeah. once he starts just having a little bit better puck luck. I mean, the goals are going to start pouring in, and it could start very soon. Yeah, I don't. And he's he's visibly frustrated in Toronto with some of the shots that weren't going. Um, he's missing high and wide, you know. I mean, and those are young mistakes. And yeah, I mean, there was definitely, you know, watching the television going, "Come on, hit the net, kid." Um, you know, I think he's he's used to picking corners on lesser goaltenders as well. I mean, now he's facing real NHL goalies. And it's probably not that easy to, you know, to pot those, but that, that wrist shot, and I don't know, Bard, you mentioned it or, or Sean, I'm, I'm sorry. My memory's already eluding me, but that just those in tight shots, he let one go in Boston that, um, and I was at the game that Linus Olmark just got, you know, kind of the, the handle or the paddle on it and the collective gasp in the crowd when he let it go. Was like, <gasps> I mean, just cause you, to be 18 years old and to have, can you say he has the best release in the game? I think you can, or you're, he's at least in that conversation right now. I mean, it is just, uh, it's unbelievable how he lets that thing go. I mean, I don't, you know, as far as pure goal scores in the history of the NHL, I mean, I don't know, even you can even, maybe even argue since Mike Bossy, as far as quick release, we haven't seen anything that good. Um, That's the guy who I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So would just let it rip from anywhere. And it was brilliant. Um well, so Connor Bedard's been as advertised, folks, um, and sure there will be some haters out there, and you know his line mates. You know they've shifted a little bit. Uh, Taylor Hall, thankfully, did not have as bad of an injury as people thought. It was originally advertised as week to week, and he missed one game, which is great. Um, Bedard was on a line with uh, Taylor Radish, who had a great game in Toronto, not playing with Connor Bedard, but had an awesome game. Shawnee's boy. He yep. predicts to get 20, 25 Genos this year. 20 you need 24 more. He's got one. Yeah, there you go. And then uh, Ryan Donato, who's been on his other flank, who's been quite good. Um, 
you know, I, when I sent that tweet, a lot of people were like, oh, hey, don't hate on Donato. I'm not hating on Donato, folks, but do I consider Ryan Donato to be an elite offensive weapon in the NHL? I do not. Um, he's a quality hockey player, but, um, but yeah, I think in time there will be more talented line mates for Mr. Bedard. At any rate, surprise players. Um, there's some players, and let's go with pleasant surprises right now. Some guys that we feel have been playing pretty well within the first four games. You're going, wow, like that's pretty impressive. This may stick. Um, we all have our favorites, so we're going to kind of go around and talk about it. But I will go uh, – I'm going to go back to, to Eric first, just so we don't always go Eric last. And Eric will start <laughs> you off. And um, then we'll go Shawnee, then we'll go Bardo. And then, Bardo, you could kick us off with our biggest disappointments <laughs> thus far. So, Eric, who's impressed you other than 98? Yeah, I mean, that's a given. Um, we already talked about that, so we won't go into that more. But, um, you know, I think to me – there's a couple guys that I that I am considering here, but I'm going to go with Alex Vlasic. Yeah, um, you know, a guy that you know, we talked about it last time. Um, you know, curious to see how he would handle the full time action, but I mean, he's just been a very steady defenseman through the first four games. Um, you know, whereas the other young defensemen, I'm sure we'll get into later, but um, they've had their moments where it's like, yeah, not so sure they're ready for this. Yeah. But with Vlasic, that's never been there. It's, you know, not that he's wowed you. I mean, he did have the really nice stretch pass to Perry and against Toronto, and that was great. But, um, you know, just as far as the defense itself, I mean, he's just been very, very solid and, and very reliable. And, uh, you know, for a guy entering his first full NHL season, that's extremely encouraging. Yeah, I think that that pairing might be a pairing the entire season. I mean, Seth Jones and Vlasic, that seems to make a lot of sense. Seth Jones, it gives him the opportunity to take a lot of those offensive chances. And Vlasic, Mr. Composure. I mean, he's, I don't know, he's just dialed in. He keeps a simple game. Like, I don't. Yeah. And that's no, what he needs to do. Absolutely. And Sean, you feeling they, that too? And Bardo, you feeling some good vibes on Vlasic? Yeah, they were, they were complimenting his gap control, I think, the other yeah. night. Uh, and it's, uh, he's definitely made just like the simple, savvy, get it out of the zone passes. So well, that's he uses his reach. Well, yeah. he uses his reach very, very well. Right. Yeah. yeah. He certainly has the frame, you know, to, mm -hmm. to cut off a lot of space and he's doing that well. And I also like that. He's not, you know, I, I, I have said, uh, I've, you know, I, I'm not a Vlasic hater, but I, I cast my doubts a few weeks ago and I've been proven wrong. I'm usually, I usually miss on defensemen like badly. Um, but at any rate, like I, I don't, I was a little worried about his toughness, but he, he, I guess toughness is just making the safe plays. It's not necessarily running someone over. Um, the other thing about Vlasic is everyone's talking about that Corey Perry pass. But the, the thing that I like about him is he's not afraid to make a 10 foot pass either. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, make an simple. easy play, just move, move the puck. Um, yeah. yeah. So he's been, he has been great. And I mean, I, you can't even make the argument. Has he been their best defenseman so far? I mean, maybe Jones, but. Defensively, they're sure. playing together, so it's like, yeah. yeah, they play well off each other. They do. Yeah. It seems that like that seems to be working. Sean, your surprise player for the Blackhawks, positive surprise. So it's it's a position. I'm going to say the goaltenders. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say Marazic. Like he was unbelievable against Pittsburgh. He, mm -hmm. I think he just owns them. But <laughs> like in the two games he's played, he's faced 77 shots. And he's only allowed five goals. He's made yeah. 72 saves. So that's really good. And then Soder, Soderbloom was really good, too, the last time out. Yeah. He's faced 67 shots and then 64 saves. So, like, you're going to see a lot of rubber, those guys. Like, 30, over 30 shots a game. So yeah. they have – like, I think that's one of the biggest things why the Hawks are 2-2. Two and two. These guys are playing out of their minds, yeah. playing really, really well. And so – I was hoping Soderblom would take the next step this year. So this is this is uh, some. I'm pleasantly surprised with this start. Yeah, I mean Soderblom is his save percentage is 95 percent right now, and Peter Mrazek's is 94 percent through four games, yep. which is pretty impressive. That will yeah, dip. I think we average is only prepared for that to to slow down a little bit. Um, you know, we've been guilty of the Ke Kevin Lankinen party. You know, that gate was. So, so anti, but I mean, but, they, but yeah. Lankanen did it against inferior competition. Like sure. he did it against like a depleted Red Wings team. And right. I think like a 
I think it was like a struggling Columbus team. Like he did it against teams that were near the bottom of the league. Right. Like it's not like Sutter Blue. Like like you said earlier, Andy. Um, had potted six goals in two games coming into the other night against Toronto, and right. he didn't get a goal. So got nothing. Got nothing. Yeah, yeah. One that was called back. That really precarious <laughs> ending to the game that took forever, and goals called yeah. back and offside. All sorts two goal of offsides. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, could this just blow right up? Though, I mean, now you're going into Denver, and then you're hosting the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights in the next two games. Their schedule doesn't get easier, so. I mean, they're going to see as many, if not more, shots than they've already seen, uh, game by game. So, but no, they've been great. They've been awesome. Bardo, your surprise guy. Who have you really oh. enjoyed watching out there? And who's who your guy? I might have to vomit saying this, but Corey Perry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he still has it. You know, I, I I kind of understand that whole idea that he's a guy that you you know hate him when he's on the other team, but you know, you, you like him when he's on your team. And oh, he's our guy it's, one of, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I'm not going to say that I like him, but I get it because he mixes it up a lot. Yep. And, you know, my pleasant surprise actually was either going to be Perry by himself or that entire fourth line because yeah. they're rolling four lines out there, which certainly helps yeah. considering how much ice time that Bedard likes to eat up. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Perry's been really good. He's been good offensively, defensively. He's mixed it up. He's been a leader on the ice. I mean, he's feisty. He still has some offensive ability. Um, you know, he's not young anymore, but he still can produce. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he, I think he had a – it was I think it was either the Pittsburgh game or the Toronto game where he scored, and it, it was a pretty nice goal that he scored. It was a good yeah. shot. I think it was um, Toronto because then he yeah, pointed it. He pointed it. That's right. Pointed at Scotty Hartnell. Yeah, it, was and, a, uh, it was a rip. Or Scotty Upshaw. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else in the crowd. Well, and he's he's mixing it up with Reeves all night. Yeah. Reeves, Reeves hates Reeves his guts. Around, trying to intimidate him. Perry's not having any of it. You know, and yeah. I don't I don't care if Perry's. You know, Reeves is on him about not dropping the gloves. I don't care. But that type of stuff is important when you yeah. when you have these kids playing. You know, it's like yeah. don't don't touch my kids. You know. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> Don't touch my kid. <laughs> Seriously, that's that's what him and Felino. That's their job to be the leaders on and off the ice, and that's yep. what they're doing. I agree with you, Bart. That's that's a great. No, call. That's a good call. No, Corey Perry's been great. I mean, he he still has a lot to offer. He I does. don't, I, you know, and if he's still if they're still kind of, you know, having a decent season, I, they're not going to make the playoffs. But if they're not having a decent season, and they even decide to hold on to him as opposed to flipping him, I don't know if I'd be that disappointed. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I said I think they're going to keep them all year. Yeah, that's that's ways away. Um, all right, so I'm up. I will go with um, – I'm going to go with Mackenzie uh, Entwistle. Um, he's had a good start. And I, I, I just – I like him because he's an easy guy to root for. A lot of people thought, you know, maybe he wouldn't even make the roster. You know, he was uh, – you know, there were only a couple spots available, you know, and some, uh, some Hawks that got playing time over the last couple years – uh, with some very lean teams, they were at risk. But th this kid really—he goes after it. He wins pucks, and he plays hard. He knows his role. I don't think he—he he knows he's not going to be more than he is. I guess I know that I don't know if that makes any sense. But you know, he's not going to be a super scorer or anything like that. But you know, he got a big goal against Toronto. I mean, he's—you know—he's got a goal and an assist in four games. You know, and I think that that's—that's that's a pretty nice take for for. Uh, for guys that you're going to need, you know, bangers and muckers out there to really get in the mix, you know, he's, he served a, he served a pretty good role. I also think Boris Kachuk has had a pretty decent start considering who he is as a player um, and what he can do. Um, the bottom line is those two guys, they're really not on the ice for a lot of the opposition goals. And that's all that matters is that. And then they are a lot of times that, you know, with puck possession, and uh, the puck is in the uh, is in the opposite end when they're out there, so that's that's good. So, there was a tweet also that somebody had uh, put out there that um, we already did. Gate, we already talked about Soderblom. <laughs> yeah, I check in on our goalies. Even get here on time, there, there Ozzy. Yeah, goalies. I'm the one who talked about it. Gate already did that. <laughs> no, what I was saying, but there was um, somebody put a tweet out there saying that and whistle sort of worked on his game and emulated it after a player. And I can't remember who that player was, but when I read it, I was like, that yeah, makes sense. And, and it was like, you know, 
he knows that he's not the most skilled guy in the world, but it's like the person that he wants to emulate sort of like, yeah, he's got a role in this league and has for a while. I, Shawnee, I don't know if you, you found it. I but, saw that too. Uh, I'm looking for it. It, I, it was, was it Irk? E-R-K? Oh, Eck. From Eck. Minnesota. It was Eck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it was Eck. The kid, the, from Minnesota. Yeah. Joel Edmondson Eck or whatever it is. Yeah. Erickson Eck. Erickson Eck, yeah, his brother. Nice so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's a great comparison. So. Yeah. That's good stuff. Any Anyone else that we're leaving out while we're still here? Dickinson has been playing tough. You know, he's seen some penalty minutes, but he, you know, he threw down in Boston, which was nice. Like seeing him, you know, chuck the knocks a little bit. And I anyone mean, else that you can think of that you're just like, okay. Tyler Johnson has three goals over four. Tyler Johnson's yeah. been good. The other guy who I think has been up and down a little bit, but may end up staying here is Korchinski. Yeah, I think yeah, we, we could get into that right now. I mean, I the Korchinski, what to do with him after nine games is really it's going to be hard. I thought I thought in, in Pittsburgh he looked lost. In in Boston he had a pretty good night. Mm-hmm. Montreal, man, was good. They were all they were all bad. They were yeah. exhausted. They they were right. skating in quicksand. In Toronto yeah. he had in Toronto he gets had some good moments. He he wasn't careless with the puck. He didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. But I mean I, I I just I this is personal opinion. We can go around and talk about this too, before we talk about surprise players. I, I just don't see any value in sending him back to Seattle at this point. I, I don't. Yeah. I agree it might considering where the Hawks are right now, it might just be a learn on the job deal. There will be injuries. Guys will go down. There still will be opportunities for guys like Nolan Allen and others to come up and, and jump into games. Connor Murphy, there's no way that he'll see a full season. He just doesn't do that. Um, Which could hurt Korchinski more than anything because he's but, paired with him. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I, course, I but also I was I gonna say if Korchinski has a bad night, you sit him. You just say, Hey, you you were you had minus four, minus five. Maybe you need one of those mental health days to just kind of clear your head. Sit him for a I night. don't I don't think you sit him early though. I don't no, I think no, 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 no. I think I think if it's several like if he's just trash for like three or four games, then you sit him for a mental reset. But if you have one bad game and then you sit him. I think that's detrimental. That's fair. I think if you see him trending downward and you see him like look mentally exhausted, then you give him that. I agree with that. Guys, it's happening again. Eric's marinating right now. He's not (laughs) saying anything and he's waiting very patiently for us to shut up because he has a value add. It's I can see it. It's happening. Eric Korchinski. Talk to us. I mean, I think it's even just what we have said here over the last couple minutes is so drastically different from what we said a week ago. Yeah. A week ago, we were saying he's not ready. He'll go back to Seattle. And, you know, I would agree with, with what you said, Andy, and what you guys have been talking about is what's he going to get out of going back to Seattle? Nothing. No. So maybe he isn't ready for primetime action in the NHL every single night but there's nothing they can do about it. So, you know, to me, it's kind of like after seeing him play these first four games, to me, the lesser of the two evils is to stay with the team for the whole season. And, you know, like you said, kind of just, you know, learn, learn on the job type of thing. And, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, with the exception of the Pittsburgh game, it's at least been, you know, he's at least been serviceable. He hasn't made any egregious mistakes, which is encouraging, Um, you know, especially considering he's an offensive type of, you know, guy, that's where his mindset is first and foremost is getting the puck up in transition. So, um, you know, he hasn't necessarily been forcing things, which is good. Um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the time he just really hasn't been overly noticeable and for this point in the season, that's fine. Well, here's (laughs) something I'll throw out there. Um, are we having this discussion if and then now segue into who's your biggest disappointments, Wyatt Kaiser isn't a disaster. If Wyatt Kaiser is good and he's let's just say he's like Velasic, you, you know, very steady and solid, are we sitting here saying, okay, Korchinski probably benefits from going back? I don't think so because I still don't think he benefits from going back. I think it's he's a man among boys there. Yeah, I just that's an interesting thing. So 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, he's in a league right now where he is going to be forced to work on his defensive habits just based on the pace and who he's playing against. If he goes back down to Seattle, he's just going to have an offensive heyday and not work on those things at all. Right. I mean, I just don't. It might be that simple. I just he'll have the puck all the time. He'll be doing the things that he's good at, and he will and, not be under pressure to do anything. Um, and he'll learn to be a pro, like how to, uh, you know, obviously, like playing major juniors have been living a somewhat pro style lifestyle. But now, like, he's going to be on the ice with Connor Murphy and Seth Jones, who are NHL defensemen. We're going to show him, hey, Seth's going to be like, this is what I do to keep my body in shape for the season or this is this is the move that i would make or you know he's going to learn all those things that he wouldn't learn at seattle yep good stuff all right so moving on we are going to now talk about the blackhawks biggest disappointments through four games or, or concerns or players that were not in entirely sold on yet folks we're going to clarify this again before you, oh, hello, dog, before you all jump down our throats and say how blasphemy that you say this about this player. How could you, nobody is giving up on anybody. Nobody is saying this player is trash. It's just, hey, we expect a little bit more or, you know, hopefully this, this player will resurrect it. We're hoping that there's more there. But the first four games, they just haven't looked great. Bard, we're going to go to you first. Who's been your biggest disappointment through four games? Um, I guess since I mentioned Kaiser, I mean, yep. he's the easy whipping boy. Um, I will take, I have a couple of other names, but I won't take them, but, um, yeah, Kaiser is, is just an easy target. He has been awful. Um, he just looks like he's being force fed in this and he's just not ready. Yes. He could skate well. Um, and, and, but he just seems so unsure of himself defensively, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I think he would benefit from a nice lengthy stay in Rock Vegas. Get yeah. either Phillips or Nolan Allen up here, or um, Del Maestro. Get, get those guys up there, up here. Uh, one of them. Um, but he is just—he's a liability out there. He—he he yeah. is not good. Now, Wyatt Kaiser. Let's just break this down real quick. He obviously has no points. That's not his job. He's plus one. He's been playing with Zaitsev, or he's been playing with Tenorti. So he hasn't been playing with studs, exactly. So I'm saying these things just as devil's advocate. I do agree with you, Bardo. I think Wyatt Kaiser's Wyatt Kaiser had a good third period against Toronto. Darren Pang mentioned, oh, my gosh, what a play on Austin Matthews, and then everyone is back on the Wyatt Kaiser train. My biggest issue with Wyatt Kaiser right now is he's overhandling the puck um, at a pace that is uncomfortable for him. He is he's overhandling the puck in his own zone and trying to be too shifty of a skater and trying to make an 100 foot pass when he just is not able to do those things yet because of the competition that he's up against. We talked about Vlasic is doing a very good job of making that 10 foot pass and putting pucks into safety. Wyatt Kaiser is doing the opposite in the second period the other night against Toronto. Uh, the Blackhawks were pinned in their own zone on two different occasions when Wyatt Kaiser was just fiddling around with the puck. On one occasion, Taylor Hall was out there for about two, two and a half minutes after his first game back from an injury, which he should not be doing, all due to Wyatt Kaiser just not just handling a situation with ease. And he's trying to do way too much. So there's tons of upside in Wyatt Kaiser. There really is. He could still be a very good hockey player. Sean, has all the hype and all the media, is that skewing this? Is that why we're so upset? Because we said, why are they doing this? Why are people hyping this kid up so much? And now he hasn't been that yet. Is that where we are? I think so. I think the, I mean, the hype was so high on him. And even we were saying that like, he's, he's played in college. He's played with adults. So he might be ahead of Korchinski because Korchinski hasn't played with guys older. And I agree with you. He's just, he just looks lost. Um, I believe on that shift, he skated into the middle, in front of the net, lost the puck. Then they tried to clear it. He lost his stick. And then he tried to clear it and then shot it into somebody. They kept it in for another however long until they finally cleared the zone. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I thought he was okay just, in Montreal. Boston, he was deplorable. Yeah. Um, watching he that was, live was frustrating. He was lost in Pittsburgh. 
he was he might have been more lost than Korchinski was in Pittsburgh. And yeah. Korchinski like was wide eyed like a deer out there, a deer in headlights. Well, Eric, I Eric, you mentioned bad puck luck for Connor Bedard. I actually think Wyatt Kaiser's gotten all the puck luck in the world. Somehow none of these mistakes have translated into goals against. Um are is, you feeling is that, that or, luck or is that good goaltending? Good karma? I don't know. <sighs> I, I mean, I think for for me, it just looks like he's been drinking out of a fire hose. Yeah. I mean, he just he too much too soon. Clearly, isn't ready to handle this level of play, and that's okay. People need to understand right. that's fine. okay. It's fine. It's okay. He he still has a, a good lot prospect. of up, he's a yeah. good prospect. He's got good mm-hmm. upside, but you can tell just by watching him play, even just these four games, that he's still playing at a college level, yeah. and that's not going to cut it in the NHL, of course. So, you know. It, where all this hype came from, who knows? And if there was never any of this hype entering the season, maybe we don't really notice him that much. I mean, we probably still would say, eh, he doesn't look good. Right. But I think that it's kind of magnified because there was all of this hype and all these expectations on him. But, I mean, yeah, it's just it's been painfully obvious that he's he needs a lot of time in Rockford. And, you know, we said this last week, too. Vlasic you know, appeared to have benefited from a full year in Rockford. Yeah. And right. now after these four games, we see that that's definitely the case. So right. why can they not just do that with Kaiser too? I think that would yeah. be the best thing for him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think they probably, out of the young defensemen, they had to grab one of them and give one of them a shot, whether it was Kaiser or Nolan Allen or Del Mastro and Kaiser having played those games last year. I get why he's there. You know, I, I certainly do, but I, I just hope this isn't I just hope they don't screw up the process here, you know, with a with a kid. I just hope he doesn't lose his I, I actually don't think he's lost his confidence. I think he's a little overconfident. Um, and so maybe I don't I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, or maybe they're just saying, Hey kid, go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um but it is I, I don't I don't know. It's 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 fascinating the uh the the love affair with the Chicago media with Wyatt Kaiser and, and what is really happening out there are two very different things again good prospect but i mean if you remember years ago when they they threw a very young nick letty out there and it's like oh my god what's he doing out there this kind of feels like that a little bit um now nick letty was a lot younger but it's also a four game sample size so you you never know that like what's i mean look he's had four days or three days in between the last game he comes into denver on on thursday and, and plays a solid game that's yeah. progress and let's see if absolutely, can absolutely. So, you know we're, we're kicking him down the street right now but we just don't know you know how long it'll take for him to adjust or to click or whatever it is yeah. um and i do think there is some you know, something to say to be said about the fact that his defense partner you know has been tenorti and zaitsev i think that's, yeah that's you know, those guys so might not be NHL players anywhere else. Right. They're, they're seven right guys. So yeah. one other thing that I, I just thought of too, um, that's kind of interesting to me at least is, you know, of course Kaiser played nine games with the Blackhawks last season at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And at least to me, you know, maybe I, maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but I feel like no one really thought much of his play in those games. You know, he wasn't right. overly great. He wasn't right. bad. He was just kind of there you know, Mm -hmm. playing limited minutes, but he was okay. So it's kind of interesting, you know, to go from that, you would think (coughs) that he would have, you know, developed a little bit and at least play at a similar level, but to see that he's kind of almost regressed. And maybe that is just because of, you know, playing with Tenorti and Zaitsev, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. Well, anyway, folks, again, we are rooting for this kid. We're just confused at the hype machine around him and what's happening on the ice. Good prospect. We hope he does really, really well. Sean, who's your biggest disappointment? Lucas Reichel. Yeah. The invisible man. Yeah. He, the 20 so odd games at the end of last year, he looked, he looked way better than he did right now. He's not driving the, He's actually hurting them on offense. Like he's you not driving. He's, you forget that he's out there during games. Yeah. Oh yeah, Reichel. Like he's an afterthought. Uh, people, <laughs> uh, I Eric had a debate with somebody on Twitter, I believe, when they were like, "Well, 
do the Hawks put Reichel and Bedard on the same line? And Eric was like, no, he would be hurting Bedard. Like, yeah. that's how poor he's been playing. It's he, really he odd. No, yeah. yeah, he has no business being on the first power play unit. Like, I don't – I just – I don't understand what his issue is because he's playing with what um, – Anthony CU and uh, my guy, whose name is or Taylor Radish. So like, <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because he hasn't played center at the NHL level consistently, and he's overthinking that, and that's why he's not just playing hockey and driving okay. play. That that's the only reasonable explanation I can give because he's been invisible out there. Right. Like we actually comment on when he touches the puck because. He's not involved in the play very often. Yeah, I he, he had a couple scoring chances against Toronto, which were probably his best of the four games, and they were later in the game. And I mean, you're just kind of hoping one of those will fall to get him going. But I, I, I'm surprised that – I guess I was more hopeful. Um, and we've, we've said this too, not ready to give up on the guy yet. But this has been disappointing. Like he just hasn't really arrived. He hasn't done much. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I keep waiting for him to get on the score sheet, but you know, he's again, I'll play voice of reason. It's yeah. four games in. Yeah, no, no, we got you. I, and no, I also, for sure. And I also don't think he's, he's, he hasn't played much center. Did he play a lot of center in Rockford? I don't know. I, don't, I, don't. I thought he played a mix and played more wing and occasionally center. They kept yeah, bouncing I mean, this, them around. This is, this is the yeah. experiment. We, you know, like Eric, yeah, right. said, a, week, a week ago, what were we saying? And a week ago, as the season's beginning, we're saying we're going to find out if Luke, Lucas Reichel is a center or not. Yeah. And I mean, look, just where we could are. be keeping the seat warm for, you know, Nazer or, uh, you know, Oliver Moore, several, you know. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eric, uh, we've touched base on probably the two big ones. Um, and there probably haven't been that many more disappointments because uh, mm-hmm. this team, people could argue this team is overachieved at this point. Uh, but it, who's on your radar screen or you're kind of like, huh, looking for a little more there. Yeah. Um, one thing to add about Reichel real quick. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would definitely, that was going to be my guy if Shawnee didn't say right. Reichel. Um, yeah. I mean, he's just been completely invisible. Like all four games he's had yeah. like two notable rushes and that's it um but the thing i wanted to to touch on is you know at the end of last season looking forward to this current season we were you know us and everybody else in blackhawks land were optimistic of like he's gonna be you know kind of like the guy or you know at least one of the guys you know to to be driving the ship this year and you know seeing that that growth and development and seeing him drive the play offensively and stuff. And, you know, as we said, that hasn't happened, but just imagine if Bedard was not here and he was the goat, like kind of the go-to guy, like how much of a train wreck would it be if he was, you know, all the pressure was on him and he was doing this. Well, last year when he came up, people were like, dude, this kid's going to screw up the tank job. He was playing really good. He looked good. Yeah. You need, you know, 15, 15 points over 23 games. And, but I remember like a couple games that, that they won and he had like three points or something. And people are like, get him out of here. Like, we, we need to finish in the cellar here, you know, bring him up next year. But yeah, it's, you also had know. zero pressure on him last year too when he came yeah. up. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll get one or get on, get on the score sheet some way and maybe that'll flip a switch. I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, early slump. And again, like Bardo, you, like you just said, it is four games in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it is concerning. But, Eric, do you have anyone else? Yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, like you said, um, Andy, you know, those two guys are really, like, the prime examples for this yeah. conversation. Right. Um, so the guy that I'm going to say I think would just kind of fit into this just because we had fairly high expectations for him and he hasn't done much. Um, but at the same time, he hasn't been bad. He just hasn't done much. Um, And that being Taylor Hall, you know, I think we, we really expected him to, to gel with Bedard pretty well and, you know, be putting up points and creating chances. And again, not that he's been bad, but he's kind of, to me, uh, you know, kind of been in that Reichel category of just, he hasn't really done a whole lot. So, 
um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm necessarily concerned by that. I mean, he's joining a new team. He's getting used to new systems, new teammates, all that. Right. But at the same time, you know, you, you bring this guy in to be a productive offensive player, and he just really has not generated a whole lot. No, I, I agree with that. I think it's, yeah, I mean, I, it's also one of those that, you know, the last three years of Taylor Hall's career, he's been playing a third line role and you bring him in to be a first line player, you know, maybe there's part of reacclimating to that, you know, he's in a pressureless situation in, but well, okay. That's not entirely true. No one's in a yeah, pressure. I was going to say Boston's a pressure. No, one, no one's in a pressureless situation in Boston, but I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't the carry the load guy. And now it's like, you know, it was basically, when Taylor, when they traded for Taylor Hall, it's like, okay, this is the guy that's going to help Bedard the most. And it just hasn't. And I guess also to potentially be fair, I mean, we've said, you know, it's, it's been four games, but also I guess let's keep in mind that he and his wife just had a baby. So, I mean, yes. there's also that. <laughs> a big milestone. Yes. Yeah. No, that's it's not an excuse. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you get, you get it. You get injured in the second game of the season and, and you got a baby on the way. I'm, I'm sure that, yeah, that, I can understand how that preoccupy you in your place of employment. Um, that makes sense to me. Um, what doesn't make sense to me is at one point Taylor Hall won a heart trophy. How did that happen? <laughs> With the New Jersey Devils, I believe. Right? Yeah, that's just so crazy to think about that he's a one-time yeah. MVP. Taylor Hall. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I will go with um, – and, again, this is very, very nitpicky. Um, just considering where we are in the season. And I, you know, I'm just playing the game here. We all have to have someone. I'm going to go with Connor Murphy. I don't think he's been great. Um, I also think that he has been in some way, shape, or form, probably assigned to babysit Kevin Korczynski to help him out a little bit. So this is very unfair that I'm not picking on Connor Murphy. Um, I am just, he hasn't been noticeably bad. I haven't watched Connor Murphy and be like, oh my gosh, what is he doing out there? Um, but you know, through four games, if you're a defenseman and an even strength, you are minus five. It's a little bit of a, it's a stat that you don't really want there. Um, so, you know, we just don't want Connor to be on the ice for that many goals against again. He, he doesn't get any power play minutes or anything like that. That's not his game, but, um, I don't know what exactly. I'm not expecting much from Connor Murphy. He's just kind of a guy. I thought you were going to say Kurashev because he was hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is his, sad. No, I, I do miss – I miss my Shiva. I miss – I know, because, yeah. you know, his best thing is availability. He was always on the ice. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think if we're, you know, mainly speaking about two Blackhawks that we're disappointed in, um, you know, we're throwing Hall and uh, Murphy in there just to just to finish the job here. So, um, at any rate, but but the Hawks have been playing well. It, it, it's been fun to have four hockey games that, that – clearly means something to the team um and in games where it you know the third you know, you're halfway through the third period and you're like we got a really good hockey game here mm-hmm. um, to keep you interested now will that all come to a crashing halt tomorrow night it's entirely possible um going into denver and they're three and oh i believe already and you know i think colorado could just come in and just blast them out in the first period that has happened before I do think the Hawks will give Vegas a little action just because it's the home opener. And I do think that uh, on Saturday they'll, they'll have a good showing. Um, but Hey, the Hawks are going in to this game with an opportunity to come home after a five game road trip and go three and two to start the season. And Never would have thought that. Pittsburgh, Boston, Montreal, Toronto, in Colorado, I mean, I, I actually thought this could be 0-4 to this point. I think a lot of people did. Um, so that's fun. And beating beating Toronto on Hockey Night in Canada is cool. It is. And and Twizzle got his first goal and he's from the Toronto area. Yeah. And I th- and I think that was a that was that was his first game he played in this season, which was mm-hmm. kind of a it goes under it. Everybody may not think a lot of it, but I think Richardson giving him his first start in Toronto in front of his family and stuff like that was kind of a, a savvy move for the coach. Yeah, that's good stuff. Richard, I, I think I think Luke Richardson's A plus. I really hope that they hold on to him through this ride and that it works. 
I, I mean, I'll, I'll get it if they go out and get a and get a hired gun and a coach with a huge reputation. I certainly get that. I also hope it's not some recycled guy that has won a cup in twenty know, years ago. Yeah, that won Craig a cup. Bar- Craig Berube or not? Yeah, or, or you know who won a cup in, in the beginning in the early two thousands and and so, but hasn't done much since. And they're just saying, let's just recycle, recycle, recycle. And I think you want to just see him advance as a coach. You want to see the, the players progress and develop on the ice. And you want to see him, especially in key situations, push the right buttons, yeah. you know, and, and like, what is his X's and O's? Like, what does that kind of look like? Because um, right now, clearly he's a motivator. what's up? You're right, Bart, because clearly he's a motivator. Like, yeah, he motivated them to play hard last year when there was nothing on the line. Yeah. And they probably shouldn't have been playing hard. They've been they've been in three out of the four games and that they've been and I think him I also think uh, Nick Felino like Andy yeah, was kind of saying meaningless games but I think those guys are going to make hit Richardson and Felino are going to make every game matter. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anyone. That, there's nobody that likes their job more than Nick Felino. Yeah, in life <laughs> he is awesome. He yeah. is. I he was, so he was definitely the right, yeah. definitely the right the right acquisition. Yeah. And you know, know, let's like let's also let's not look past the how you know Richardson has handled Bedard, you know, and yeah. and just the situation of having this kid who is so hyped, you know, hasn't been anybody hyped since you know Connor McDavid. We, we heard that line a billion times, and he's handling. He's basically telling the kid, "You go out there and be you. You're going to make mistakes, but you be you." And and yeah. it's like, if you fuck up, I'm going to tell you. I mean, it isn't true. Oh, and mess- oh. You know what I mean, but if, yeah. if you mess, if you mess up, it's rated R. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah I mean, no, no, I hear, I, I hear you. I, I think it's, I don't know. He's got a, he's got a great demeanor about him. Never too high, never too low. You know, he seems like he's always in control and unflappable. And I don't know, good coach. Yeah, good coach. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the Blackhawks before we uh, head into Thursday and then the weekend games, Eric? You got anything? else that we should be looking out for any any predictions anything fun to think about um i'll throw something out there that's blackhawks related but not mm-hmm. to do with the 23 24 blackhawks uh this is mostly for shawnee actually but oh. special shout out to the one and only matt Tompkins for making his NFL yeah. debut the other night yeah if you weren't that's gonna awesome. say hi, i was i love it that is pretty awesome that's um, great thank you he gave up three in his first start, but, you know, he was, what, like a sixth-round pick out of Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, signed and didn't get signed or after his entry-level deal, signed an AHL deal with the Hawks, hung around with the Hogs, and then went to Sweden and played well for two years and then finally got his chance in the NHL with Tampa this year. So That's pretty congratulations. cool. Yeah, Tompkins. congrats. That's a really, really cool story. Yeah. What about you, Bardo? Any any parting shots, words of wisdom for the Hawk faithful? Some things to think about? So it's more or less a uh, general hockey thing, um, and it is Blackhawks related, sort of to echo what um, Eric was saying. But um, I don't know if anybody over the weekend caught on ESPN Plus um, the Michigan versus UMass yep. uh, back-to-back series in Amherst. Yep. Um, Michigan won the first game 7-2, completely, completely waxed them. Um, I think they jumped out to like a three or four nothing lead and and really never looked back. And in the second game, I think Michigan jumped out to it might have been like a three one or three three nothing lead. And then UMass came back and scored six and third. Actually, yeah, it was wow. three nothing. And then they yep. scored six in the third um, and won the game. And I believe um, Nazer had a goal or he had yep. yeah. So he had the, I think he scored the first goal on the power play. So. Um, but yeah, he's been good actually so far. He's been really good. He's off to a great start. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got three goals in four games, four points. Yeah. He's looked good. Yeah. He's looked good. So, looked and good. also we saw, uh, several Blackhawks have their, uh, have some strong debuts over the weekend with, uh, Oliver Moore, three assists and, yep. um, yeah. So that's all positive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oliver Moore is, uh, looks really good and got a nice tidbit of information from Leon Hayward who coached against him at St. Thomas, who, indicated that yeah he's the real deal and you know that hopefully the hawks are smart to let this play out during his college years at least next year and maybe even the year after and then bring him on board when it's uh when it's go time which i think we all 
kind of agree with. I think mm -hmm. that sounds sounds realistic. And folks, if you are a college hockey fan, it, you know, start time to start paying attention to Macklin Celebrini at Boston University, who's the consensus number one overall in the pending 2023, or I'm sorry, 2024 uh, NHL entry draft. Speaking so, of the draft, Andy, I don't know if you guys caught this, and this will be my little tidbit. Jeff mm -hmm. Greenberg, uh, formerly the Blackhawks, now the general manager of the Detroit Tigers, mm -hmm. was kind of baffled why everyone is in the same room with all their delegates and something like that at the NHL draft and kind of was one of the uh, right. the first to put it out there that maybe the NHL should change their format similar to like the NFL draft where only the players are there and everyone is in their own draft rooms remotely. So they're saying that the NHL is considering it and it might change as of 24 or 25 that all the GMs and everyone won't be in the same room for the NHL draft. Yeah, that's the second time this fall that the NHL draft has come up. The other one was – someone sent out a notification that maybe the lottery system shouldn't be, and it should actually just be the last place team gets the pick and they should do it like a lot of other sports do. Similarly, the NFL. Now, did the Connor Bedard going to Chicago <laughs> <laughs> stir the pot there? Uh, absolutely. Is it our problem? No. So, um, so there, um, but yeah, so that is interesting. If there are going to be changes on the horizon to, uh, to the NHL draft. That would be a shame, honestly. Yeah, it'd be too bad. I've been to a, I think, a handful of drafts over the years, and it's it's just fun to see that, you know, see yeah. that everybody's there, and you know, I I understand, you know, the the privacy aspect of it, and you know, you can't. Um, well, Greenberg you know, said that they traded to Brinkett before the draft because they didn't want anybody else to be involved, right? Because if you take a phone call, right. everybody knows what you're doing, right? Yeah, I mean, I even when I was in Nashville this summer, you know, I was sending you guys messages in, on the Twitter chat saying, oh, Kyle just picked up the phone, you know, and I'm sitting upstairs. So, you know, yep. the team sitting, you know, five feet away from him, right. you know, can hear the whole conversation and all that. So I, I, I get it, but, you know, I, I think that is something that is an intriguing aspect of the draft as it is. So, you know, I, you know, I think most people that are not in the front office of a team like how it is, but I can definitely see, you know, if you are in the front office in hockey ops, why that would not be, you know, an ideal situation. Yeah. And Eric, to your point, I think it's also the NHL is special on that front in terms of mm -hmm. like, you know, you watch all the insiders on Twitter and it's like, you know, so-and-so Don Maloney is going over there to talk to so-and-so like they're stirring up the pot. You don't see that in the NFL, the NBA or major league baseball. So yeah. Um, I, I think there's there would be something missing there because I think fans really love that. I mean, yeah, also too. I, let's let's remember you go back to the uh, the 2020 COVID draft and it was done this way. And I mean that you know, granted, you know, all the players were just at home, so it wasn't quite what they're proposing here. But I mean, that was just so boring. Yeah, it's like um, okay, we have a, you know a canned statement from the GM that's standing at a podium in the team's locker room or whatever. Yeah. Like that's just not interesting. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. No, I, I get it. And I like the allure too, because I was at 2017 at the United Center and I saw Stan Bow go over to, I can't remember who the the Dallas Stars GM at the time was, but that's how he nego or he got the charade where they took uh, Ottinger, I believe, and the Hawks moved back to take Yoki Haru. So Jim Nil. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. Yoki Haru. Oh, well. Hey, he, he still plays in the impressive. NHL. Yeah, some grim draft years you're referring to here. Well, I mean, I think trading Yoki Harley for Nylander was even worse. But I digress. Yeah, that was bad. That was really, really bad. Um, but hey, hey, we're in a new era. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see it. And um, you know, not um, another tough piece of Hawks news, kind of Hawks news, former Hawk news. Kirby Doc out for the season mm -hmm. um, with tearing his ACL and his MCL is what it sounds like, and that's very, very sad. Uh, because I think we're all, you know, Kirby Doc's tenure in Chicago did not go as planned. And a lot of us believe that that was not entirely or not at all his fault, um, considering how the Hawks initiated him to the league and to his NHL career. Um, and everyone was really hoping that, you know, he could have a breakthrough year in Montreal this year and be the player that a lot of uh, people eventually thought 
that he's going to be. And unfortunately, um, the season ended uh, against the Blackhawks, uh, which is too bad. And you know what? For those of you that are on Twitter saying there, there are some people tweeting out there saying, oh, well, you know, now that that trade and getting, you know, seeing Nazar and how well he's doing in Michigan, now that trade looks even better. Knock it off. All right. Knock it off. You know, it's, it's, you know, we're happy about, you know, having Nazar around, but, you know, all the best to Kirby Doc. All the best to Kirby Doc. Good kid. Good dude. So, sorry, my dog is hanging out with me right now. Um, it's a dog, I, a dog, a dog cats tonight. Yeah. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. All righty. Well, let's hope that uh, the next time we convene, Connor Bedard has that breakout game. Big game where it's like, whoa, get three or four points tonight. And I don't think that's that far away. So a lot of good stuff going on in Hawkville. Well, that'll do it, folks. Uh, that was an hour. All right. Um, enjoy your night. Thank you. Uh, we have the Ringcast team. I'm Andy Campbell. And yes, to Shawnee's point, we have Connor Bedard and you don't. And um, have a good night, everybody. And go hacks. See ya.